Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. listeners. Thank you for joining us again. I'm your host, Sheila Shinsky, and you know we're all about detours. Some are chosen and some are not. We talk about life stories and we talk about travel stories, but this one is definitely under the life story and it's it's detour upon detour. And I think you'll really love it. We have two guests today, a mom and a daughter, but they recently just met face-to-face. So aren't you intrigued already? You're going to love this story. Let's just jump right into it because it's got some twists and turns and surprises, and I know that you're gonna love it. So let's welcome today Beth Cole and her daughter, Rebecca Hook. And you might also hear a little uh, voice in there sometimes, and we'll introduce her later. I want to uh, give a surprise about that. So we'll introduce her later. But if you hear anything, you'll know what's coming up. I'll explain. Thanks, ladies, for being here. I appreciate you being here. We're going to start with Beth. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so your detour story, we're going to leave them kind of hanging just a minute because I want to talk to you about... um, how this detour started. What was your life like before the initial detour that had you making a really difficult decision about 27 years ago? So starting 27 years ago? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I was um, a freshman at Taylor University and I was 19 years old and I ended up with a Valentine's Day surprise uh, pregnancy test that was positive. And that certainly turned my world upside down in just the slightest bit. Um, My mom at the time was going through a major health crisis and I was away from my first year of college and now I'm in a crisis pregnancy. Big detour. That's a huge detour. Okay. So did you feel like you um, had a good relationship with your parents that you could tell them what was going on? Did you try to handle this on your own? What, what was your next step after that positive test? So initially I was very concerned because of my mom's health situation. She was still hospitalized at Northwestern hospital in Chicago. And, um, I ended up calling my pastor initially to say, oh, oh, what do I do? I don't want to kill my mom with this news. And he'd suggested I speak to her physician. So I scheduled a call with him and he advised, look, if you can just hold off a little bit on this news till your mom gets out of the hospital, if she's strong enough to go home, she's strong enough to handle this. So it, it, I needed to wait another week or two before I could then plan a, a trip back um, to my my family home and then prepare to, to break the news to both my parents. Did you have a good feeling about, I mean, did you have any kind of idea how they might receive it? So I am super blessed to have a great set of parents. 
Um, it's not something anybody wants to come home and tell their child, and it's nothing you ever want your children to come home and tell you. Um, and I put myself in a place where I wrote out a letter to them because I just really wanted to clearly and concisely have my thoughts out of just, hey, I love you so much, and you've been great parents, and I'm so sorry I'm in this situation. Please help kind of, kind of thing. And I decided that I would tell my dad first and get his kind of reaction over with and out of the way so that he would be in a place then to support my mom who's, you know, enduring this health crisis. So um, I was super grateful for just honestly how the Lord had prepared both my parents to receive this information. My dad, ironically, that week had had a series of dreams where the first night he woke up and I had come home and told him I was pregnant and he was really angry <laughs> and super upset. Couldn't even speak. My mom was like, what's wrong? Why are you sleeping? He's like, I'm just angry. And as the, the next couple nights, he continued to have the same dream that by, I don't remember, I don't remember, maybe like the fourth night, he just realized, wow, if, if this ever happened, Beth wouldn't need me to be angry and upset. She would just need me to love her and be supportive He's like, so little did I know a few days later, you would show up with this news. Dang. So, <laughs> boy, the, the angels really had your back there on that. Like just putting those dreams in for him to get him kind of used to that idea. That's quite, that's very amazing. Yeah, that's very it was, amazing. It was an amazing moment. And then, you know, to, to have him not just, you know, over the top angry, but like understanding and his heart really prepared upon telling my mom you know, she's a woman, like, I don't know how you're going to raise a baby. And I don't know how you're going to give one away. And well, I didn't either. So we um, were then just blessed to just have people come alongside us that had been in similar situations and recommended an adoption agency that then helped us on the course of the next, you know, few months of decision-making. Okay. So then that is ultimately what you decided was adoption. Yes. I, I really weighed out the options for myself as a 19 year old, not done with school without a trade or a skill, not wanting to just eke out an existence, but really be able to be in a position to provide for my child. So ultimately I felt adoption allows a win for the child to have two parents, a win for a couple that's wanting another child and a win for me that wants to go on this path of life that I had planned at that point. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. So you've, you've had this pregnancy. Was, was that eventful or uneventful in a, in a short kind of way? I threw up every single day. So other than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But otherwise but fairly otherwise, normal. Yeah. Fairly normal. And just the only other thing that was different being 27 years ago, lacking the technology that exists today, um, your ultrasound basically was just like a proof of life and count the organs, not really all these gender reveal things we have now. So there was the element of, Ooh, is it going to be a boy or a girl? And not knowing that until the actual day of her birth. And what was the actual day of her birth? October 3rd, 1993. And what was that day like? So it was a Sunday and I remember waking up with my back really hurting and telling my parents to just go to church without me because I was due in a couple days and it was probably just that stupid waterbed I'm sleeping in and they left for church and I got up and then realized quickly through some other signs and symptoms that I was in active labor. So, um, 
again, not a cell phone era. I had to call the church and have someone answer and tap my parents on the shoulder to come out of service and come home and uh, drive me to the hospital. Oh my goodness. At this point, I'm guessing you already, did you already have um, a family picked for her ahead of time? I did. I spent the summer. um, So the timing was like, find out in February, come home on spring break at March and meet with an adoption agency, focus on my finals at college, come home for summer work, figure this out. And so I'd gone through a process of reviewing different profiles of families looking to adopt and had essentially narrowed it down from, I don't know, probably 30 to like 18 to eight to four to three to two, you know, and then the one that I was privileged to meet in person prior to giving birth, having that face-to-face interaction and just having more than just a piece of paper that gave me their height, their weight, their eye color, and a little bit about them, but really, you know, an hour probably to just really talk. And they, they brought in a piece of wallpaper border from her room and told me about their other son that they had adopted and just, you know, you know, the beginning of a connection to just give some degree of familiarity, if you will. So I went into labor and I reached out to my social worker to say, Hey, let them know we're having a baby. And they lived in the Chicagoland area and I was in Northwest Indiana. So there was a bit of a drive, but I mean, a bit drivable. Um, So given the time of day and the amount of time it took to have her, they opted to come meet her the the next day, that Monday. Did you feel pretty confident with your decision or I'm sure that was very bittersweet decision? Uh, Yes. You know, I've always said to people when they've asked, you know, life is full of choices and every choice has a consequence. Uh, You have to choose the path that you can live with really um, when the detours come, as you say. Mm -hmm. And I just, once I knew I was making an adoption plan, that was it. There was no changing my mind. There was no turning back. Um, When this child comes out, nothing has changed in my surroundings. I'm not more wealthy, more educated, married. Like the only thing that's changing is the the geography of that baby. And so um, I very much wanted to, you know, to complete what I started and had no doubts at all about placing them with, with them to live, placing her with them to live. That's um, a very mature decision and way of thinking of things at that age, for sure. Did you have any special requests for that family um, upon placing your daughter in their care? I did. You know, I didn't have a lot of experience with adoption. I mean, 27 years ago, things were not nearly as open as they are in today's modern culture. Um, so I only had like the, the stories, the bad stories that I've heard are the people that never knew they were adopted or the people that never knew where they came from or the made for TV movie. So it was very intentional in my request to say, Hey, I would like my daughter to be raised to know that she was adopted, to be raised to know she was placed with you intentionally and specifically, um, and to not have to wonder, you know, the circumstance surrounding this, that there was a very loving, intentional placement of her with, with this couple. And for my own knowledge, I just wanted that annual affirmation of like, I did the right thing and this is the right choice and look, she's doing great. And 
at, at the time, my sister was also pregnant. So I have a nephew that's just two months older than Rebecca. And so just knowing for myself, having those milestones that would be coming, you know, year after year, I just knew that by asking if they would be willing to send a picture every year around her birthday, that would just, you know, give me that, not closure, but like that completeness, the affirmation, like she's doing great. And here's proof. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so were they, were, did they hold true to that? Did you get a picture every year or some kind of contact? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I was always so anxious. It always came in the same manila colored envelope from the adoption agency. And so when that would arrive, I was like, oh, you know, I was always full of anticipation and, and grateful that until she was 18, that I did get that annual update. Okay. So we're going to fast forward a little bit about 27 years Sure. to very recently, actually. Yes. And you got an out of the blue phone call um, and okay. someone asked what? So I was waiting on a call regarding our home refinance. So it's the pandemic. You answer every unidentified phone number because everyone's working from home. And so I picked up the phone anticipating one thing and the other end of the line was a nice man named Troy who said, hi, I'm a family researcher. I'm looking for Beth Cole. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my kids do research studies. They play with toys and give feedback. This is what this is. And he's like, I'm like, sure, yeah, go ahead. He's like, "Um, I'm calling about a daughter, a baby that was placed for adoption October 3rd of 1993. And like, I was standing in front of the mirror getting ready for my appointment and just saw my own jaw drop and my facial expression just like, what? What? Okay, so I was just like, um, so this isn't a really great time. Can I take your name and number and I'll call you back? Because I was <laughs> freaking out inside. Um, so I, he, you know, he gave me his name, his Troy with discoverfamily.net and here's his number. And so I hung up and texted my husband and my parents and my sister immediately like, what the world, this just happened. I don't even know how to handle this. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's not something you think you're going to get. Do you remember what day of the week is like on a random Tuesday, you know? (laughs) It was Friday, May 22nd and it was just wackadoo. It was going into Memorial Day weekend. And like I said, I was getting ready to go meet my husband for lunch and pick up our check and fun Friday. And it was like, what? (laughs) So uh, I had done a previous episode where we actually found a long lost family member on my husband's side when we did ancestry um Mm -hmm. we found an uncle of his that no one knew existed and so seems as um grandpa had some extracurricular activities back in the day and um he didn't actually know either but we got matched up on um ancestry and so we were very once we put the pieces together and figured out who this possibly could be by the way it was matching up, we sent an email just very obscurely like, hey, I think we might be related, you know, and sort of left the, the ball in his park uh, to, you know, to call mm-hmm. us. Well, he called very quickly. And um, again, it's one of those things where you're just going along in your life and on a random Tuesday, now you've got a family member you didn't know you had. In this case, you knew you had her, but were so even though you had this contact every year via the photograph were you kind of waiting um once she turned 18 wondering if she would contact you or how what was the rule on that so 
lots of people have asked me that before, like, are you going to look for her and da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, my plan to place her in her family has always been from the standpoint of all children are on loan from the Lord. <laughs> They're a gift. And I have placed her here for her life and whatever that's going to be. I never wanted to insert myself into her life. Um, but I have always been very open with anyone that's asked before um, or anyone that's known me for any length of time will know that Rebecca exists and was a part of my life. And I felt like she might come looking someday or maybe she'd have medical questions or I was always open like, hey, I have two kidneys. If you need one, like whatever, <laughs> I'm here to help, you know? And I just always felt like it probably wouldn't, the awareness maybe wouldn't like, assuming that she's having this great life and not this wonderful, you know, mystery, um, that I probably wouldn't hear from her till after she became a mom. Because I feel like when you become a mom and you have a tiny human and you understand really the, the gravity of the choice that someone has made on your behalf, I felt like that might, that I probably would hear from her after that season of life. Um, and then, you know, as the years went on and, you know, like she's 26 turning 20, like, I just was like, oh, well, it is what it is. Like, I, I know I may not meet her on this side of heaven, but I was at peace and content. And I was glad that she didn't need something tragically from me that she, that had reached out prior and just continue to always pray for her and, and let that be her choice as yes. far as if to reach out to you, but right. you're, you're, you have three kids um, of your own. And, and you said like, you know, your family knew everything um, about what was going on. So there was, there was no mystery in that, that probably a little celebration every year, ha happy birthday to her every year when those pictures would come and things like that. Well, they, I mean, by the time she was 18, like my kids, my kids are 17, 12 and eight. So like my son, I had no idea. Um, you know, like upon finding her, of course, my oldest daughter, Paige, who's 17 is like, oh, I've always wanted an older sister. And I'm like, <laughs> I've always said like, well, technically you have one, but <laughs> sorry, uh -huh. the relationship's a little distant, you know, <laughs> like, um, they were super thrilled to know that she'd found me. And then of course the other little detour, whenever you want to bring me to bring that up. Okay, well, we're going to back up a little bit because we're going to bring Rebecca on so we can hear from her because I want to hear from her side um, what it was like to, if she knew that she was adopted, if she did have a great life, and what prompted her to uh, reach out when she did. So um, let's welcome Rebecca um, to join us now too. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. So we've been talking about you. Now let's talk to you. Um, what? How, so how did you um, grow up? Did you know that you were adopted? Was this sending these pictures? Were you aware? I mean, obviously, when you were a baby or a toddler, you might not have been aware. But did your um, adoptive family uh, tell you about, you know, your your birth mom or any information like that? So I got a good portion of the story, but not all of the details. Um, so I did grow up always knowing I was adopted. Um, you know, I heard the story, your birth mother's named Beth, your birth father is named Blake, and um, they were young, they were in college, and they decided to place me for adoption, and they chose our family. Or Beth chose the family. <laughs> um, I, so I always knew that. Um, but I did not know that 
pictures and, and stuff were being sent every year. Um, I didn't actually learn that until Beth told me. <laughs> so, okay. so then what did lead you to search for your birth mom? So I always thought it was going to be something I did when I was like 18, when I became an adult. And then 18 came and went and it just wasn't the right time. I was getting ready to go off to college. Um, you know, it just was a very busy season of life. And I was like, well, maybe I'll do it when I'm 21. And then 21 came and went and I was still in college and, you know, living my life. <laughs> um, and then at 24, I found myself. I became a mother. <laughs> you, Addison Rose, this little Spitfire. <laughs> oh, Addison Rose. Beth's a grandma, too. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. <laughs> That's awesome. Detour. That was a big detour. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're kind of like, we're, we're going on back and forth all over the place. We're going to cover it all, though. But Rebecca, uh, you decided at this point to start looking for her. I decided to start looking in January of this past year. Mm -hmm. So the relationship I was in with Addie's dad was not a good one. And so I was just like not in a great place in life. And so I ended up leaving right after her first birthday and taking a year to, you know, get myself together. I bought my own home. I was, you know, I've been in a stable job for a while. Um, I was just like rebuilding my life and you know getting everything together and it was at that point that I was like you know I should look for my birth mom <laughs> um as I was just kind of you know revamping my entire life I was mm -hmm. just like now is a good time for that um and so I started in January I reached out to the adoption agency who was not very helpful mm. um so then I went online and I was like okay well what are my other options um, and so that's when I found Discover Family um, and started talking to Troy. So we petitioned the state for my original birth certificate because I didn't know what my last name was. I didn't know what Beth's last name was. Um, all I, you know, I had very few details to go off of. Um, so we got that and then we started looking and it was like within a day of having what my legal name was and what her legal name was. She's like, I found her. Okay, let's pause you there and let's go back to Beth because now you're on hold. I'm guessing you're the person that you've hired, Rebecca Troy, is the one who's called Beth. Yes. Okay, so you got this call. You're like, I can't process this right now. Let me call you back, which was very smart um, <laughs> to give yourself a little bit of time about that. So what, what did you um, do next? So I met my husband for lunch and just sat there while just absolute waves of emotion came over my body and just flowing tears of just, just an emotional release. And, you know, like there was relief knowing that, okay, she's, she's alive. She's looking for me, but is everything okay? What does she want from me? Hopefully nothing. Maybe she's just curious. Like, you know, you, there's this mm -hmm. whole million different detours this could take. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but being just, you know, a prayerful person, I just, I'd had so many people at my mom's group praying for me. <laughs> and I just felt this piece of like, this is okay. Like whatever she needs, like you've always been willing to, to solve her problem or give the answer. So or give a kidney. Back. So yeah, or yeah. give a kidney, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
So call the guy back, you know, like you have nothing to lose. This isn't a secret. Everyone's been wondering yourself included, like call back. So I called back and then we had a great conversation um, because obviously not every birth parent is uh, receptive <laughs> to being mm-hmm. called. So he was like, wow, you're super cool. I, she's going to love you. I can't wait you know, to tell you her about you and connect you and like, okay, well, here's my cell number. She can call or text or again, I wanted to put the ball back in Rebecca's court of, of again, not knowing what does she need? What does she want? Um, I feel at that point he would have told me about the kidney thing. So yeah, um, <laughs> she just really wanted some answers, you know, and, and, and I've come to appreciate more that adoptee standpoint, having shared this with other people and not realized, you know, for an adoptee, Oftentimes, you know, they wake up possibly daily looking in a mirror wondering, who do I look like, you know, mm-hmm. or why, why am I so good at soccer, probably in her case, haha, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> you know, those questions that you have when you wonder about life that as an adoptee, you're not able to answer immediately. So I was super open to just giving her what she needed, whatever that would be. So she texted me that night and we just went back and forth and it was about like the 10th text in. She's like, oh, and by the way, you're a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I'm too young for that. Uh, You know, and and the next day we scheduled an actual phone call so we could just talk and hear each other's voice. And that just evolved into, you know, video chats and ultimately us being able to meet in, in July. I bet that was like a long night. Were you, were you both just like um, anticipating that first phone call? Did it go well? Yeah. We, we, I mean, the first phone call was that Saturday afternoon following the Mm -hmm, introduction. The texting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we talked for like three hours. Like it was just, it was a, it was Memorial day weekend and it was actually some pretty cruddy weather. So all of our plans were canceled and I was like, Hey, I got nothing but time. Let's talk, you know? And she was up in Michigan and Addie was just running around outside and playing in the background. And I could hear it like, just like, wow, I have a, I have a granddaughter. Like, that's crazy. Um, was it just like one mind blow after another? Rebecca, well, how was it for you? Kind of crazy. Like, I, you know, I always thought it would be something I do, you know, to, to, to meet Beth and, and find her, but it was kind of like surreal once it happened. It was just like, holy cow, this is what she sounds like. Like, this is my birth mom. This is where I came from. And then like hearing her and hearing her explain everything and like finding out about the pictures and stuff. It was just like, oh, oh, wow. Like it was just super surreal for a while. Like it just, it really took me a long time for everything to kind of process. Um, And, you know, feel real. <laughs> well, and I think the other part of that, so they had done the ancestor DNA kit to figure out bio dad because they didn't know anything about him, but a first name. And so she's just like, do you know anything about my bio dad? I'm like, sure do. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can fill in those gaps for you as well. Mm-hmm. So being able that, um, how I'm like, let, she was really sweet Have, upon finding me and seeing via Facebook that I'm married with kids. You know, she was like nervous to tell me. So I wanted to extend that same courtesy to him to reach out first and say, Hey, guess who found me and is looking for you? Um, you know, is it okay? Does your wife know? Do your kids know? I, I don't want to blow your world up. And he was um, definitely open to being contacted by her. So I was glad to be able to give a last name and a phone number and, 
connect the two of them as well. I kind of didn't have any info on that. So I wasn't going to sort of touch on the dad unless sure. you guys brought it up because I wasn't sure about that situation, if it was a sensitive topic at all. But I, th I mean, think that's so great that, um, he, you know, he's willing to. Yeah. I mean, a lot of time has passed. <laughs> you yeah. know, it didn't end great. We'll just say, you know, it was a strange relationship that did not last. Um, it ended even before she was born. So mm -hmm. we each went our separate directions in life. Um, but attending the same university, we have mutual friends. I mean, it was just one LinkedIn message to go, hey, guess who? Call me. Yeah. It's important, you know, and, and to be able to then. We actually, that Sunday of that Memorial Day weekend, I mean, we talked for like 30 minutes. It was bizarrely non-awkward and just like, hey, how you doing? How's your mom and dad? You still live in the same place? Okay, great. Well, um, our daughter found us, so you should, you know, reach out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another random day that having a conversation you didn't expect to have, right? Not in a million years. Oh my yeah. goodness, these detours that the Lord throws at us, right? Goodness. For sure. So you guys finally, everything went great and you finally did meet. I'm curious, was there anybody that wasn't on board with or thinking that this was a good idea on either your side, Beth, or Rebecca's? Because this is so far sounding like a really great Hallmark movie, but we all know that um, life isn't always a tidy bow. I got my fingers crossed it is in your case, but is that the truth? Um, there were some struggles on my end with telling my parents mm -hmm. um, that I had made the decision to find Beth mm -hmm. um, and, and that I had actually found her because I didn't actually tell them until after Beth and I had already connected. In hindsight, I, I probably should have given them a heads up and a little bit of forewarning. Um, but, you know, it, it just took a little while to work through with them and so they could see things from my perspective as to why I did it the way I did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, the one thing my mom said that just like really stuck with me is that she didn't want to have to share me. Mm. And I was just like, okay, like, you're not going to have to do anything different than what we're doing right now. Like we just have more people in our life to love. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and, and so it just took a little while for them to adjust to that. And then, um, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's probably a, a normal reaction. I would think, you know, to be worried about that, be worried that somehow this other person was going to be special to you or something, or maybe they were worried on your behalf that maybe you don't know who Beth is now or what her life is like. And they probably didn't want um, trouble for you either. It's, it's funny. I, I'm referring back to when we met our relative that we didn't know about. And there's usually always at least one or two people in the family that are kind of like, oh, I don't know. And um, we had a family member. It was funny because he's law enforcement. And then our relative that we found, we found out was also law enforcement. So they were like really sizing each, each other up when they first met and it's all good now. But um, right. it was really kind of like, they were just eyeballing each other. Right. Like, oh no, you're a stranger to me today you know but you're supposed to be my family but I've never met you so it, it was it was funny but um, I think you just have those personalities that are protective and a little more cautious and um, sure we yeah. call it, I mean for us it's like trust but verify right exactly. old economics <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and thanks to Google like it's really not hard to find things about people quickly um, right. 
and again, I had nothing ever to hide. And, and the peace from the Lord that just said, this is a good thing. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, love multiplies. It does not divide. Absolutely. And I'm not here to take a place of her parents. I'm a bonus. I'm an, in addition to, I am eternally grateful to them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I bet you are. I can imagine. Yes. Oh my goodness. So you guys did schedule a time to meet. Okay. We're in the middle of pandemic. Was this right. just like, listen, we're doing this anyway, wear your mask and get your booty down. Absolutely. Here, <laughs> absolutely. It was like, did you um, go there? Or did you, you went to, I, I went there. I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, so, you know, we're going to have to meet, right? Like, I don't <laughs> care about a pandemic, like mask up, let's go. And um, and then at first it was like, well, should I go? Should I go with Dave? Should I just take one kid? I'm like, this affects all of us. We will all go. And um, thankfully, you know, there's a, an easy direct flight from St. Pete to Grand Rapids. And so it was a whirlwind. We left at like five on a Friday, got it there at 730, got your house by nine and by five o'clock Sunday, we're already on our way back to Tampa. You know, it oh my was goodness. super fast. So how was that first meeting? Oh, it was amazing. You know, we were the hug felt around the world. Yeah, that's what I call it. The hug felt around the world. <laughs> there's this this picture, this image of our first hug that my friends were like, oh my gosh, I can just see the emotion in this picture. And and it was, I mean, it was just that full circle moment of like, we are finally here, all these years of hoping, and we are reunited, and here we are. And I can't even believe this is happening, you know. The I had just heard a little bit of that song, It Is Well With My Soul, on the mm-hmm. radio before we pulled oh, up. Oh, man, I mean, I that'll like, just, like, kill you on its own. I don't yeah. think it's not to me. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I'm already crying. But, <sighs> you know, the anticipation, the excitement, the buildup, and then, like, and then it was happening. And the fact that it just felt so natural and right and unforced and just easy, um, weirdly, just, like, all right, well, here we are and one big happy family. And I, you know, I didn't have any anxiety about it. And, you know, Addie was certainly um, bouncing off the walls and excited to see all these little <laughs> tiny humans come in to live on her. And we just spent that night just hanging out and playing with her and asking more questions. I mean, we've been talking all along. This is July. Now we've met now the end of May, like we've gotten a lot of the uh, formalities, you know, out of mm-hmm. the way. Now we're just like being just in the same room. We went to her house. We stayed with her and wow. just, yeah, That's we're bold. Awesome. We're bold people. That's yeah. pathetic. She yeah. got that from me. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, um, Rebecca, did you start like looking like, oh, wait, are those my eyes? Is that my nose? That, you know, where, did you start doing that to each other? I mean, I had done that, like, before, like, when they found Beth, like, Troy had sent me a picture, and I was like, oh, oh, I look a lot like her, like, a lot of the facial features, like, we're almost exactly the same height, like, uh, we both have the soccer legs, like, we, I I got a lot of characteristics from her, I'm just blonde and pale skinned, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it was funny, I was, we were in the, the kitchen one morning cooking breakfast, and David pointed out, like, how many things we do alike or things we say alike Mama. or, like, just similarities that we had that, Mama. like, never even 
knew about or would would think about he's just like it's just so cool to watch how similar you are without having seen each other for 26 years yeah I mean we had some of the same clothes we shopped at the same stores and picked out the same thing from you know Sam's Club like I have that shirt you have that shirt like yeah look it's in my tri mop I just wore it yesterday like that's crazy and just even sitting down on the couch, I remember looking like we just crossed our legs the exact same way and our feet look identical. Like that's just bizarre. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause we had this moment as well. Um, not to y'all can listen to my episode. If you want to go back and, and listen to about that, uh, the, the DNA finding the lost relatives and I'm on there actually with another friend of mine who also found, um, her, her family members found uh, children that had been adopted. Her husband was adopted and then her parents had um, a, uh, put a child for adoption. Her dad did. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we talk all about that. But when we met the relative that we met, um, it was so strange because there were so many physical similarities. And then they both sat on the couch and um, his wife and myself are looking at them and we're like, they're sitting the exact same way and they're holding their hand the exact same way. And they have the same shape, like their hands look the same. And it was, and this was uncle to nephew. So I can only imagine, you know, parent to child. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking to about. And the, you start just finding all those similarities and it blows your mind, like how much DNA contributes to mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah, heredity and environment definitely both have a role. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so you had the, oh, go ahead, Rebecca. Oh, I was gonna say, it was funny too, like we use some of the same phrases. Um, and so it, it like freaked out my little sister at one point. She's like, oh my gosh, you sound just like mom. <laughs> That's crazy. After this visit, then you came home and Beth, your parents who had been a part of this decision initially, you know, all these years ago, how did they feel about you finding her? So of course that initial phone call back May 22nd, I text them and my sister and my husband all at the same time. And I called my parents on a conference call and he's like, I just want to hug her before I die. And I'm like, okay, well, great. Cause she's in Michigan and you're in Florida and you're 79 and you have health issues. And could you just not die then? Cause it's going to take me a bit of a minute to get her here. Yeah. So we, um, you know, pandemic, COVID, high risk. All the things. All the things. All the things. Yeah. All the things. So we made a plan like, okay, we want to get you to Florida because I really want you to meet my parents. Um, before anything happens. So we were trying to make that happen, which it did happen um, last month in October. So thankfully, Rebecca and Addie came. Addie had got her first plane ride and Mm -hmm. she got to meet my parents and we got to just have this sweet four generation unique moment. Um, Yeah, just full circle for them. Because this is part of my parents' life too. They have been praying for this sweet young girl who's now an adult. And then like, wait, what? We have a great granddaughter. That's crazy. You know? So, um, to just meet them was the, the complete closure that they needed. I think, you know, this side of heaven to like, okay, we've met her. I mean, not that they're planning to die, but now they can happy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, now that, now that you're a grandma, you might by surprise, a grandma by surprise, but still I can, I can guess you can imagine, 
that how they must feel like this was their grandchild, you know, mm -hmm. and it might have been the, the best decision all around at the time, but that's still a piece of you and a piece of them out in the world right. that they don't have. So I think that's so precious that they got to meet. What are the goals for the future? Rebecca, what do you hope for this relationship? Um, you know, it's just kind of doing life together at this point. Addie keeps saying, Grandma's back, Grandma's back. Addie's excited to come back and visit and, you know, hang out with Grandma Beth and all of her fun aunts and uncles. Doing life together and seeing each other when we can. And they can come up to Michigan in the summer when its weather is more like Florida. <laughs> and she won't miss the chance to come to Florida in the winter, I'm sure. That's right. You know, I, I'm, I'm a part of a mom's mentoring mom's group with my church. And I really just, you know, I see this as an opportunity, just like I've had with other young gals, young moms to, you know, to just mentor and be encouraging and be helpful. Like that's, you know, the body of believers in iron sharpening iron and, and we both have learned a lot from each other. You know, she's a parent too. So, and I still have an eight-year-old son, mm -hmm. you know, so like I'm still have, I'm still a parent, but now she's a parent and we've exchanged recipes, you know, and she works for the health department. So I ask her all kinds of random COVID questions or <laughs> is my refrigerator set too cold or hot or, you know, like. It's, oh, it's that's a, so funny. You know, it's, it's a sweet discovery yeah. of the different skill sets that we have and experiences and how we make each other's life better now that we know each other and have that connection. Yeah. You've got this biology together, but it sounds like you're forming a really beautiful friendship as well. Well, what? we're both really funny. So, yeah. That, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm chuckling all through here. It's I'm, I'm teetering between like crying and laughing at the same time. Like I'm like on the verge here because it's which, just the sweetest. Which is our mantra in life. If you're not laughing, you're crying. And we try to laugh more than we cry. So there you That's go. That's right. What's your biggest message, Beth, that you want to share? I would say um, what ultimately led, this process led me to start a website called hopereunited.com which currently is pointing to a landing page with discoverfamily.net because they are who brought us together. And, and I really, my desire is to reunite hope with people. Um, this doesn't have to be a deep, dark secret. This doesn't have to be, I mean, not just the adoptee that's looking for answers, but um, I feel like birth parents are a super underserved part of the community and just a chance for me to advocate, you know, especially like, with the DNA kits, like you mentioned, there's a lot of dads that didn't know they were dads till they get the knock on the door. They've had a whole part of their life that has never even been shared with them. Um, and as a birth mom myself, like I said, I was always very open about it and was able to get support, but there are just tons of moms, women out there that have placed children that no one's even known about because they were sent off to Aunt Susie's to have their baby that summer and come back and carry on as if nothing ever happened. So just really wanting to put a positive spin on adoption and that it can be such a win-win-win scenario and that there are lots of options when you find yourself in a crisis pregnancy, you can choose life and still have a life for yourself and your child and bless a couple that's looking for a child. I think that's a wonderful message. And like you said, for those parents that have made that decision, um, you're then, unless the adoption is fully open, 
you're then waiting most, most of the time waiting for that, that child to Mm -hmm. decide if they want to reach out to you or not. And that I, I can imagine that that would just be a lonely place. And then, you know, there are more, like you said, services for, um, children that were adopted, the ones that, you know, had been placed in adoption. Rebecca, what would you like to tell people about this experience or your big message that you would like to share? There is hope as an adoptive person to to find your biological parents and that it can be such a beautiful thing. Grandma Beth. Grandma Beth. Grandma Beth. Um, Addie just wants to talk to Grandma Beth. (laughs) She does. She loves her Grandma Beth. (laughs) We'll call you in a minute. (laughs) I'll call you in a minute, okay? And then she'll talk to just you. Spoiled little baby. But yeah, I mean, like, there is hope, and it can be just this beautiful thing in that, you know, it's, I mean, it's definitely a process, and I was very grateful to discover families for working through that process with me, because there were so many thoughts and so many different things that, you know, that I went through in making that decision, and COVID and life happened, and so it took, you know, it took a while for, once we found her, to, for me to be in a place to reach out but just getting through all of the different emotions that come with it because it, it, it's been an emotional whirlwind of a year. <laughs> well, I am thrilled for the both of you. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful story of joy and hope. It's uplifting and encouraging. And I love that you had such a positive reunion. And I love that you're both willing to help others go through this process. So um, Beth, we'll say that website again, hopereunited.com. And I'll put that in the show notes. And I just want to thank you both and Addie for being on the Detour podcast today. And I wish you nothing but a lifetime of memories together and happiness in your reunion and everything positive that life could bring for you all. Thank you so much for just the opportunity for us to, to share a story and certainly a positive thing to come out of the pandemic, which, you know, has been such a challenge for so many. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, 2020, it stinks. And I'm like, Oh, 2020 is pretty amazing. You know, the detour is always the perspective that you take. Right. So I know Rebecca and I are very excited about this detour. Thanks for letting us share our story with others. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. Thank you for listening. You can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, The Detour Podcast, and on Instagram at Sheila Shinsky. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to all of our episodes on the Detour Podcast channel on Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So be sure to share this episode with a friend who loves podcasts too. And rate, comment, and subscribe yourself. So you can join us next time as we take the detour and enjoy the wander.